Welcome back. Yay, one welcome. Welcome two people. <clears throat> welcome back. Yeah. Did you guys enjoy your break? They're like, I'm back now. I can't think about enjoying. Anything exciting happen? Everybody have a good Christmas? Good New Year? Yes. Okay, there we go. Whew. Man, that was hard. So we're back. It's 2020. It's a new year. And I want to talk to you guys about some uh, some neat things um, that I think the Lord has put on my heart um, to share with you. And um, <clears throat> so, sea turtles. Yep, that's the title of the first message of 2020. Doesn't get any better than that. Sea turtles. And you should know, I had uh, no idea um, why that came to me as I was initially preparing this message. Um, I have an idea now because I finished the message, obviously. I hope I have an idea because I'm about to give it to you. So does anyone feel like we're like much farther into the new year than we already are? Like way too much time has already passed. It's only been a week, I know, but it already feels like the new year started a long time ago to me anyway. It's kind of like when I think of like when Becca and I got married, which, by the way, Becca's not here tonight. She's home with the baby. The baby's fine. She's fine. But um, when, we, when we got married back in 2001, it was a while back, it's like we blinked, and, and this year we'll have our fifth kid, and it's 19 years later this year. In October, it'll be 19 years, and it's like that happens so fast, you know, and all that to say that time really does fly. Um, so we know that time is something that we don't ever get back. It doesn't slow down for anyone. It doesn't slow down for anything, uh, and it's true, at least in my experience, that the older you get, the faster time seems to go by, right? Uh, but time itself, time is indifferent, right? It, it's the one thing that keeps moving forward on a consistent basis at a steady pace. Um, it doesn't care if you or I are ready for the next moment. And so I got to thinking about this, and if time is such a valuable thing and we have a limited amount of it and it keeps disappearing day by day, then how do we make the best use of it? I mean, how many of you would say that time is important to you, your time? Um, I can tell you that has become more and more important to me um, the older I get. And I can see the value of time uh, and how it can and should be used wisely. But before we go any further, I want to just take you to take a moment. And I want you to think about how you spend your time. Just so you know, this is not a message about time management, okay? Y'all are like, all right. But for some of you, maybe you have a perspective on time, and your perspective is something like, well, I spend time at school, uh, maybe doing some homework. Y'all don't have that anymore, though, do you? Like, don't come home with homework. Rarely come home with homework. Do you have homework still, you guys? Do everything at school. You finish everything before you come home. Wow. Overachievers. So you, you maybe do some homework, spend some time with homework. Then you've got a practice, maybe a sports practice or something, or... Maybe you're like, hey, I have time, I can play video games. Or I'll eat, I'll watch some TV, I'll scroll, then I'll head to bed and scroll some more, go to sleep, do whatever you do, you know, play video games again, maybe eat again, I don't know. It's awful to eat that close to bedtime. Or whatever. So tonight on the idea of our time, I want to talk to you about having intentional purpose in this new year. It's 2020, it's a new year, okay? Just think about that. I'm not talking about re resolutions, though, Okay. I'm not going to talk to you about resolutions. How many of you in here have ever made a resolution, like a New Year's resolution? Okay, I think we've probably maybe all done it in some form or fashion. 
How many of you keep your resolutions? That's lower than the national average, which I think is like 25%. I didn't see a hand. Um, we do that, don't we? I mean, we make resolutions in January. Resolutions like, man, I'm going to work out. <laughs> I'm going to do better at this or that. But we never get to it, right? We never really commit to it in many cases. New Year's resolutions go in one year and out the next, you know? They're here one day, and for many, gone before you know it. Am I right? Uh, but real purpose with intention, real purpose plus intention, that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, okay? And I've asked so many students um, your age, maybe even some of you here, simple questions like, you know, what's been happening lately? Or what are your plans? And, you know, I get like a shoulder shrug. And I don't know, nothing really, I guess. You know, there's really, there's nothing ever going on. Nothing. But everything's going on in your life. And I realize that casual conversation among your age isn't the easiest way to engage, necessarily. You guys aren't that bad, really, the ones in this room, I guess. But you guys have your closer friends for that and sort of thing. You feel more comfortable. But I want to challenge you to consider uh, the possibility that there's more to your purpose, your purpose right now in this time of your life, than scrolling, liking, posting, or trying to belong to just anyone or, or to anything that will accept you. Because it's so easy. You're surrounded by so many like yourself on a daily basis that that acceptance can be something that you just take on without really considering the purpose in it. Social media isn't bad. This is not a message about social media either. Um, but I just want to think, think about this question. If you had to answer it seriously, this question, what is my purpose? Ask yourself the question, what is my purpose? What is your purpose here on earth right now? Think about that question. And think about how you would answer that question. Now, you're probably wondering, well, what does all this have to do with sea turtles? I promise there's a relationship between the two. So there's a sea turtle called the loggerhead. Loggerhead sea turtle. It's got a big old head. That's why they called it. And as a ju juvenile, this turtle spends most of its time uh, traveling the ocean. But not just traveling aimlessly or for leisure or just because that's what you think sea turtles do in the ocean is travel. This particular sea turtle has a purpose that's wrapped up in traveling. Traveling is what it does for most of its life. And traveling aids in its overall purpose in life. See, one of the purposes of this uh, turtle traveling is to find food. If it doesn't travel, it doesn't eat. If it doesn't eat, it can't prepare itself for the journey for the rest of its life. And, of course, it'll die or perhaps be eaten in the ocean. And one of the ways that it travels is in the Atlantic Ocean, and there's a bunch of sea currents. They're called North Atlantic Gyre. They make up something called the North Atlantic Gyre. I know it looks like gyre, and that's what I thought it was, but when I looked it up, it was actually pronounced gy. So... There it is. It's a movement of the ocean. It spins kind of clockwise. And as babies, uh, these, these sea turtles, these loggerheads, um, they'll use that current, okay, to find food and help them move from their nesting beaches to basically where they'll be as adults, their adult habitats. And they travel very far distances in that current. I mean, it's, it's a lot, that's a lot of travel right there. Some of these sea turtles have been documented to travel over 6,000 miles in a single year. Okay. That's a lot of traveling, right? Um, a lot of their travels take place in this current in the ocean. So what do we see here? What is one of the key things to this sea turtle's survival? They've got to stay in the current. They must stay in the current. 
And that's where this first verse comes in. Um, it's in John 15, verses 5 and 6, and it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay, stop here for a second. Jesus is talking to you and I here, okay? And he's saying that apart from him, meaning separated from him, not including him in what you're doing, doing something on your own power and your own strength, disregarding him and your plans, detaching him from your life and trying to live on your own without him. Okay, apart from him, any of those things, you can do nothing. Now, what does it mean that we can do nothing apart from him? Okay, does it mean that you and I literally cannot do anything apart from him? When we arrive in heaven, perhaps, perhaps God will look at us and, and ask us, what did you do for me while you were on earth? What did you do for me? Are we going to say, well, you know, I had this phone, and I took these beautiful photos and posted them of myself on the Internet, selfies, and they got a lot of likes. So I guess I made some people happy, and that's a good thing. Or maybe you'll tell God, you know, I won a lot of trophies. I played hard in sports. People cheered for me. I hyped a lot of people up and felt good doing it, and I know they felt good for me. And that's good, right? Or maybe you're going to say, hey, God, um, sir, well, I'm pretty sure that all the good things I did outweighed the bad, so can we just call it good? All right? I don't think this is what Jesus had in mind with this verse. When he said, apart from me, you can do nothing, what he means is that as long as we're trying to be sufficient in ourselves for living day to day, okay, you're not just going to turn into this superhero Christian person. It's this day-to-day choice that you make to live in Him. Apart from Him, it's not going to be enough. Our sufficiency comes from God and staying in the things that He wants from us. And Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Question, how do grapes grow and produce fruit? Have you ever seen a grape a grapevine? Right? They have vines that run all over the tiny branches, and then, then you have the fruit hanging off. The grapes grow on those, right, on the little branches. If one of those branches decides, hey, I don't, know, I don't need this vine anymore, I'm out of here, and leaves the vine, falls to the ground, it doesn't produce anything there, does it? No good grapes. It, dry, it dies, dries up, it's gone. It no longer serves its purpose. And Jesus is saying, stay with me here. I'm going to show you how to be a branch that is vibrant that produces fruit, good stuff in your life is what he's talking about, and in the lives of others. When he talks about fruit, he's talking about good stuff that he's going to do in your life. It comes from him, and the fruit is also good things that you will be a part of in others' lives, okay? And the verse goes on to say, If you do not remain, remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. I think there's something to the, the sea turtle's story. There's something to be said about how they stay in that current in order to accomplish their purpose. As long as they stay there, they can reach their intended target, their goal, and meet the goal. They can be able to eat, possibly go on to mate, lay eggs somewhere. The cycle starts all over again. They're life-giving as long as they stay in that current. They're living in their purpose, creating life and thriving in their own life. And the current is a critical thing that takes them from one place to another as they migrate from where they are or where they were into somewhere new and plentiful and, and fruit-bearing for them. And I believe that's what God wants to do with you. He wants to take you from where you've been, maybe even from where you are right now, no matter, no matter where that is, okay? You think about, like, your worst day, like a just really awful day, and just, like, 
when you kind of overcame that, what that felt like. like. He wants to take you out of where you are right now to where he wants you to be. He wants you to move out of something old, the, the life that you are used to living, even as a Christian. I'm not talking as maybe as someone who um, doesn't know Christ necessarily. I may be talking to you, but he wants to move you out of that life that you're used to living and, and you're comfortable in and you're not really moving forward with into something new. <clears throat> so a, a, a sea turtle that wanders around, it doesn't stay in the current. He can get out of there if he wants to. It's a decision he can make, you know. Um, gets distracted. Often doesn't make it, okay? And whenever we step outside of what God has for us, we're at risk of losing our way, and we can get distracted very easily, very easily. Many of you probably went to a, a big youth event or had an amazing youth camp experience uh, or something, right? How many of you have had a really neat um, camp experience or youth event experience or conference or something like that? Really cool thing. <clears throat> then after a few weeks, what happens? It's, there's kind of a high, right? And then what happens after a few weeks? It kind of wears off, doesn't it? And you find yourself maybe back right where you were before, right, eventually. I have been there so many times. I have been there. If you have ever built a campfire, then you know that if you want to keep the fire going, you have to do what? Yeah, you keep putting things in it. You have to keep a fuel source on it, right, so it'll burn. So you put wood on it, it continues to burn. But what happens if you stop throwing wood on the fire? Eventually, it's going to die out, right? The fire is going to die out. Why? Because you stop feeding it. And you see, when you put yourself in the middle of what God is doing, is doing, in the current of his movement, like the sea turtle that has to stay in the current, you're going to find that your fire will grow more and more. Okay, It will grow. It actually, your fire for him, that feeling that you had, it actually will grow when you stay in that. But as soon as you swim outside the current, that's when things start to die down, right? So you need to understand that God wants to take you out of where you've been and migrate you like the turtle, <laughs> migrate you into something new and better, okay? It's something to ask yourself. What is it that you're in the middle of right now that's keeping you from the purpose God has for you? And just, I'm not asking you to identify God's purpose for your life. I'm asking you, what is it that is in your life? How are you living right now? What influences do you have? What decisions have you made that are keeping you from the purpose God has for you? Because when we do that, that's when we're swimming outside the current. I'm asking you also, what's keeping you from getting on board with what God is already doing? Maybe it's just your hesitation, and it can be as simple as something like that, just your hesitation. I mean, you see what God's doing, but you're like, mm, later in life. No, your purpose is now. It's right now. So God is, is, is working in a movement, and he's already laid out, and he, he is already working in it, and it's like that current that the turtle stays in. And you know if you're with him in it or not. So what's keeping you from it? Um, maybe it could be a, a bad relationship, unhealthy relationship, sketchy friends. Uh, what about your time? What are you spending your time on? You know, scrolling, trying to impress somebody, keeping your image up. You know, the things God has for you aren't found in your social image. That is a lie that is perpetrated throughout all of the Internet, is that your social image is everything. And the social, the social structure, the social Internet is, is mostly a lie. Even in the church world, okay? There's nothing wrong with social media. Just know where you are when you're on it. Your purpose is not found in isolation or preoccupation. It's not found in disconnecting from people. Here's the thing. Pursuing Jesus is greater than 
and you fill in the blank with whatever else you like. Pursuing Jesus is greater than anything else in life. And that's what he's saying here. More than what college you go to, even though that can be important. More than what job you get, that can be important as well. Even more than who you marry, okay? Pursuing Jesus is greater than what you own. It should matter more to you than any one of those things, than anything. But you've got to stay in the middle of what God is doing. Because when you try and do your own thing, when you say, I've got this, and yet without considering Jesus' role in it, and that's the point where things change for us, is when we say, no, I'm good, I got this, without the consideration that Jesus has a part in it. Listen, Jesus has a part in every part of your life. It's not just when you walk in the doors here on Wednesday, Maybe you go to a church on Sunday. Maybe you go here on Sunday. That's not the time when Jesus, the only time that he has a, a, a place in your life. If you are removing God from the equation, as soon as you step out the doors, you're already setting yourself up for swimming outside the current, okay? That's what you're doing. Things might seem okay at first, but very quickly you begin to see how they derail. Things don't go well. Here it is again. I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. You'll make a difference for me you'll be able to show my love to other people. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and it withers. What happens to those? They're picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Where is God already moving in your life? Okay, let's think about that for a second. Where, where have you seen God moving in your life already? Now, think if you, if you, if you thought about that, and maybe some of you will have to stop and actually Take a make a conscious decision to pray and ask God, where are you already moving in my life? That's where he wants you to be. So what about your purpose for this year? Okay, I've said this before. Um, your purpose doesn't happen, you know, down the road 10 years. Don't believe that either. If it's not after you graduate or after you go to college or after you get a good job or after you have a family or after you feel established or after everything seems secure. No, your purpose is right now. And some of you are wondering, um, maybe you're wondering what this next year will hold. You may be dreading an, another year of who knows what will happen. Um, and maybe you're on the optimistic side. Maybe you're on the other side of it, and you're optimistic. And, but it's misplaced. Okay, it's, it's in the wrong things. Material things are stuff you know you can handle, stuff you know you can provide for yourself. God has called us to be his, and he doesn't want us to be like anyone else. He isn't, he isn't bashing you over the head when you screw up either, you know? That's not who he is. He has forgiven you, and he wants his best for you. Did you get that? He wants his best for you. Not the best you can think of, not someone else's best. He wants his best for you. The only way that, that you and I are, are going to get God's best for us is if we reject the idea of being independent from him. You hear that? What that means is when you are thinking, I've got this, You've got to consciously reject that idea. No, no. God has to have a part in this. Does he belong in this? Can I stamp his name on it? And realize that uh, we have a need for an increasingly deepened relationship with him. Okay? That's the only way that we're going to get his best for us. I'm going to read that again. The only way that you and I are going to get God's best for us is if we totally reject the idea of being independent from him and realize our need for an increasingly deepened relationship with him every day. Pursuing Jesus is greater than anything else. Um, there's another verse that comes right after this in, in John 15. In verse 7, it says this. It says, stay joined to me and let my teachings, let, let what the Bible says, 
become part of you. Then you can pray for whatever you want, and your prayer will be answered. That does not say you can pray for whatever you want, and you will get whatever you want. It says you can pray for whatever you want, and your prayer will be answered. Okay, That's the confidence we can have when we come to him and we try to understand what he's saying about a subject or what he's saying about something in life. We find that in his word. That's all he's saying here, guys. So the way to stay constantly connected to God is to know what he says and allow those thing to be, things to become a part of who we are. It's right there in his word. I didn't make that up. That's in the, in the Bible. Um, but that's the key. He says, stay joined to me. So although we're talking about in being intentional this year in our purpose, and that's important, and being intentional in our purposes in life, um, I want to be clear to you that you don't need purpose as much as you need the one who can give it to you, okay? Because if you have him, and you truly have him, and like the verse says, you're ab- abiding, living in him, doing what he says, try, trying to find out what he says about it, and then doing that, um, then you're going to be taken care of. You need, you need Jesus above anything else, and you'll find him in the words of the Bible. Know what he says, and you'll know him, okay? So your purpose is not wrapped up in any one other thing. It isn't wrapped up in big accomplishments, being number one, being a good person even. Our purpose should be to draw near to God and do whatever it is he says, okay? It should be to draw near to God and do what he says. That is, know him, him through his word and doing what he says. Uh, Matthew 7, 24, 27 says this. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. Some versions say a rock. When the rains fell and the flood came uh, with a fierce wind beating up on his house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. Where's your foundation? Where's your foundation? Are you going to make, uh, make a point to go where God is and stay away from the places he isn't? What's your foundation going to look like? Stay in the current. Stay in the middle of what he's doing. Because <clears throat> it really is that simple. But it's not simple, is it? Right? There's a price that we pay, you know. Um, James 1.22 says, Don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what the word says. You can read the Bible all day long, and you can read the whole Bible, and you can read it ten times in a year if you want. But if there's no application, you're not seeking God, and you're saying, what that means is you're saying, God, what do you want me to do about this? What does this look like in my life? How does it apply? That's what you've got to do. And this year I want to challenge you, uh, and it's a challenge to me as well, to draw nearer to God. Okay, you are at some space between you and God right now. And I want to challenge you to to draw nearer to him. Okay, because the Bible says if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Okay, and some of you might say, well, I just wish God would speak to me. Maybe you say God never speaks to me. What do you want him to do? Write you a letter? (laughs) Oh, wait, he has. He's written you a letter, right? A bunch of them. It's called the Bible. It's the most common way to hear God speak is through the Bible. It is the most common way to hear him speak. Those are his words. So maybe you say, well, I don't have a desire to read the Bible. Get over yourself, number one, and ask him to give you one. Ask him to give you a desire to read. He can do that. He can change your heart about that. Ask him. He's done it with me. 
several times. Several times I've had to ask him, God, I, I know your word is right. I know your word is true. But can I be honest? I really don't want to read it right now. You know, like I need that. I need to want to read the Bible. I need the desire to do that. And as you do that, he will begin to place a desire in you for his word. Now, you have to take a step believing that he's going to do it. Open the, open the word. Make time to read it. Don't find time. You're never going to find it. You've got to make time to read it, right? And if you're new to the Bible, guess what? There's an easy version that you can understand out there. You can find a version. There's a Bible app. Most of you guys know about it. Very easy. It has like a billion versions. Maybe not a billion. Maybe just a little less than a billion. And you can scroll and find a version that is good for you that you can understand. Or if you like to hold a physical book to read, uh, I don't know, people still do that. There, there's that too. So, <laughs> this guy, I know you do. So, where do you start when reading the Bible? Okay, you don't know where to start. Someone taught me this, and this is really helpful. Okay, if you get this, this is really helpful in reading the Bible. So, where do I begin? Okay, I want to read the Bible. Where do I begin? Start with Jesus' words. Okay, start. There's books: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the Gospels. Acts one. Jesus' words are in there, Revelations 1 through 3. If you find a red-letter Bible, the red letters are Jesus' words. They're his words, okay? And that's pretty helpful, too. And you can find that on your phone, on the app, too. So start with the words of Jesus. What better place to start than the words that he spoke and that were recorded, right? And there's consistency between the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There is consistency there uh, from the eyewitness accounts. And someone also once taught me this. When you read the Word of God, <clears throat> look for pictures. Picture, what does that mean? You get a Bible with, with little color pictures? No, <laughs> look for pictures of what Jesus is saying, what he's doing, what he's communicating. As you read and see the words Jesus, Lord, Master, or anything related to him, snap a mental picture and store it in the photo, photo album of your heart. Okay? You get that? Like It will help you as you discover who he really is to do that. So look for pictures in the Word. That is going to be an incredible thing to help you. Trust me. Here's the last part. When you have a relationship with someone, what do you do? You spend time with them, right? So you got to commit to it. Commit to it. Let's be intentional. Let's commit to it about spending time with God in His Word. and Let's allow the words of God to speak to our heart. And I challenge you to see what He does in your life when you do that. Because that is a great way for him to change your heart, okay? And you're like, well, my heart's fine. Start reading the Bible, okay? See what he says to you. And once you hear from him, do everything that he says to you. Draw near to God and do everything that he says. If you like, we can point you in the right direction um, when it comes to reading the Bible. That, I know, I understand, is a hard thing, especially for the guys in the back row. It's really hard. But <laughs> I'm joking. I just saw you having a conversation about the Bible, right? You're talking about the Bible? There you go. Good job. So just ask one of the leaders in the room here. Just ask us, um, and we'll, we'll help you. We'll help guide you in the direction of, of uh, finding a Bible that you can read and understand because, hey, if you can't understand it, what good is it, right? You might as well pick up a Greek Bible and just try that. But find something you understand. Start with an easy version. You can move up later, right? You can move up to a more literal version later. <clears throat> But let's do this. Let you and I commit to pursuing Jesus more. Let's do it by looking at what he has to say in his word. And you know what? If you don't know where to start in the Bible, and you start here, maybe you're like, okay, well, maybe that's not working for you, which that will work for you, trust me, if you commit yourself to it. 
Um, but there are Bible plans on those the apps. There are Bible plans you can read. So there's a lot of options, guys, a lot of options. So let's see where that takes us this year, okay? Deal? Sound good? All right, let's pray, guys. Father, we thank you for everything that you are doing in this group, and we are confident that when you say something in your word that is true to us, that if we, if we stay living, abiding in you, and in you and us, we're going to bear fruit. And God, I just pray that you would give us a desire for your words, a desire to read the words that you've given us, given so many, the most popular book in production is the Bible, and yet so few of us get the opportunity and get the heart for reading it and, underst- and understanding what you're saying to us and, and the desire. God, I pray that you would give us all a desire for more of your word in our lives. And I pray that if there are things in our life that are, that are keeping us from that desire, that you'd remove those things, that you'd make a way, and that you'd show us what it is we need to do, how we can make time, show us those, those opportunities. Give us the opportunities to read your word. Take it to heart, to live it out, not just, to, not just to hear the words or read the words, but to do what you say. And as we draw near to you and as we do what you say, Father, as you begin to produce fruit in our lives and we can bless other people, and you bless us, God, and we give you glory, ultimately. That's the real deal. That's the real purpose. And Father, I pray that we would be atten- intentional about it. I pray that we would pursue you daily, that it wouldn't just be a, a, a high that we fall off of eventually but God, that we will pursue you so that lives can be changed, so that we can be influencers in the world who, in a world who doesn't know you, in a world who is lost, in a world who is looking for answers in so many different places when we can point them right back to you and say, you are the answer. We thank you for each person in this room. It's your name we pray. Amen.